Hallelujah. Father, we just want to thank you for the gift of life. We want to thank you, Almighty God, for your mercies, your grace, your goodness, your kindness. Thank you for ways in which you have loved us, you are loving us, and you will continue to love us. Lord, our ears are opened this morning, Almighty God, to hear the engrafted word of God. To hear the word, the living word of God that will change our lives. May these words, Almighty God, come out of our out of my lips and touch the hearts of your people and excite them and challenge them and encourage them and fire them up, Almighty God, to lay hold of the future that you have in store for them. May someone leave here today fired up to pursue the vision that you have placed in their heart. Thank you, Almighty God, that when destiny calls, we are ready. We are prepared. We are present. Thank you so much, Almighty God, for the message this morning that will challenge us and bless us and encourage us and build hope on the inside of us. We thank you. We bless you. We give you praise. 
in the name of Jesus. May your people be edified. May your name be glorified. And may this message reach the intended people. That someone who is on the verge of giving up may realize there's a time and season for everything. We thank you. We give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Welcome to church. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice in this day and we are going to be glad in this day. Today I bring you a message that I've titled, Time's Up, Destiny Calls. Time's Up, Destiny Calls. If you've been following the message or the stories about Joseph that we have been looking at for several weeks, we stopped last week when we, when we talked taught about forgotten but not forsaken. And the whole idea behind that story was that Joseph was now left in prison. Joseph found himself in prison because of the allegation that Potiphar's wife made against him. And Potiphar, uh, Joseph was thrown in prison unjustly. But the Bible says that the Lord was with Joseph and Joseph was promoted to be the head of the prisons. And then what happens next? Joseph, Joseph at the head of prisons, came in contact with two men, two notable men. These men were men walking within the courts of the Pharaoh. The Pharaoh could be likened to um, the president of the United States because as at that point in time, uh, Egypt was uh, the world superpower. All right, so these people uh, were, you know, people working for the Pharaoh. And they offended Pharaoh one way or the other, and they landed in prison. But Joseph, having been made the head of prisons, was put in charge to serve these people. Joseph was doing a fantastic job serving them, and listening to them and paying attention to them. One day, Joseph came into their midst and their their faces were falling as it were. Joseph empathized with them and asked the question, why are your faces falling? They told Joseph, tonight we both dream dreams, but we don't know what he meant. Joseph said, all interpretation belong to God. Tell me what your dreams are. Remember now, Joseph has been a dreamer from a young age. If you have been following this message, you know I preach a message called Here Comes the Dreamer. Um, you know, my team might put the link to it or you might go back and watch it on YouTube. Here Comes the Dreamer. I think we have part one, two, and three. And what we spoke about Here Comes the Dreamer essentially was that Joseph was somebody that God has placed in his heart. God showed him a dream of what his future would look like. But when God showed Joseph the picture of his future, this picture that God showed Joseph did not mean anything. Essentially, the picture that God showed him did not match what he was experiencing at that point in time. All right. So now Joseph has been a dreamer. He understood what dreams meant. There's been a pr- process of time and the dream hasn't come to pass. As a matter of fact, it seemed like his dream would not come to pass. He kept moving from one troubled, one challenge to the other. But in all of the challenges that Joseph faced, the Bible declared that God was with him. 
when it, it didn't look like God was with him in the natural, God was still with him. When in the natural, Joseph was, what, was literally bought naked and sold as a slave on the auction slab, God was with him. When he was a slave in the house of Potiphar, God was with him. When he became the head of slaves in the house of Potiphar, God was with him. When the, uh, the Potiphar's wife wanted to sleep with him and he refused, God was with him. When he was lied against and he was thrown into prison, God was with him. When he came into prison and all alone and dejected, God was with him. When he was doing all he was doing and the Bible said oh, God made everything that he did to be successful, God was with him. When the chief of prison saw Joseph and made him the head of prison, God was with him. So when these people came into the lives of Joseph and he was meant to take care of them, the narrative has been very clear that, therefore, that God was with Joseph. But God being with Joseph um, may not necessarily have any outward um, realities, outward uh, manifestations as it were. In the case of Joseph, however, God said, Everything that he touched became successful, which means as a slave, he was the best slave. As a chief, as a, as a head of prison, he was the head, best head of prison. He was, everything he touched was successful. Why? Because God was with him. And that tells us a lot about the root cause of the success factor. The success factor for your life is this, that God is with you, that you know and that you carry the consciousness of the God factor. That is the root cause. That's the source of anybody's success in this life. The kind of success that lasts, the kind of success that will last multiple generations to come is a success, success that is anchored on the God factor. The success that is anchored on the, on the God factor. Not the kind of success where people will pillage people and do drugs and do dope some, some, some of the successes where somebody go somebody goes to rob the bank and perform some sort of robbery act never lasts a generation. But God doesn't want you to build the kind of success or the kind of wealth that you will not leave good names behind for your children. So it's very important when God talks about success, success in the eyes of God is not just about I want to amass this wealth and have all of these properties and cars and whatever this word used as the metrics for success. But success in the eyes of God is the fact that when you are gone, you have left a name behind. A good name, a good name is worth more than anything in this world. So Joseph was so keen on maintaining the integrity that he had. So he told Potiphar's wife, I cannot do this wicked thing against the Lord. And because he refused, he was thrown into prison. So he came in contact with these two notable people who were working uh, in the courts of Pharaoh. And these people dreamed dreams, as I was mentioning earlier. And Joseph was able to interpret their dreams. And their dreams came through. Came, yeah, came through. Now, one thing that Joseph mentioned to one of to these people was, listen, if God made this, especially the one, the butler, the one that eventually was going to be restored to his position, Joseph told him, if you get there, please put in a word for me with Pharaoh. Let him know that I don't, I don't deserve to be here, that I was put in here unjustly. Let him know that I was not even meant to be in the land of Egypt. My coming here was an anomaly. 
it was a uh, it was an output of jealousy and envy on the part of my brothers let him know that i've been faithful in the house of potiphar that i've never done anything or cheated or stolen anything let him know that being put here at the behest of potiphar on the fact that i i i tried to sleep with his wife was a lie let him know and let him also know the way i have attended to you let him know i could imagine the guy would say hi ah, yeah 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 we'll hear your story when this thing come to pass you are the first person who will remember we will definitely put in a word for you with pharaoh but the bible says in genesis chapter 40 verse 20 verse um genesis chapter 40 verse 25 and 23 that we read last week the chief butler did not remember joseph but forgot forgot about him so last week we spoke about forgotten but not forsaken now we're starting this story in genesis chapter 41 and you are going to love it this topic i'm going to preach it in two parts today i'm going to be part one next we're going to be i'm going to preach part two part one here when destiny calls what do you do time's up time is up time's up destiny calls we're going to be reading reading book of genesis chapter 41 from verses 1 to uh 14 genesis chapter 41 uh, verses 1 to 14. That's where we are going to stop today. So, I want to read the scripture for you as we go here. The Bible says, after two full years, Pharaoh dreamed that he stood by the river Nile. Now, after two years from the time that the butler was restored, which is from two years that Joseph made an appeal to Pharaoh through the butler. After two full years, Pharaoh dreamt that he stood by the river Nile. And behold, there came up out of the river Nile seven well-favored cows, sleek and handsome and fat, and they grazed in the reed grass in the marshy pasture. And behold, seven other cows came up after them out of the river Nile, ill-favored and gaunt and ugly, and stood by the fat cows on the bank of the river Nile. And the ill-favored gaunt and ugly cows ate of the seven well-favored and fat cows. Then Pharaoh awoke. But he slept and dreamed the second time. And behold, seven years of grain came out on one stalk, plump and good. And behold, after, ten, after them, seven years of grain sprouted thin and blighted by the east wind. And the seven thin years of grain devoured the seven plump, plump and full years. And Pharaoh awoke. And behold, it was a dream. Verse 8. So when money came, his spirit was troubled. And he sent and called for all the magicians and all the wise men of Egypt. And Pharaoh told them his dreams. <laughs> but not one could interpret them to him. Then the chief butler said to Pharaoh, I remember my faults today. When Pharaoh was angry with his servants and put me in custody in the captain of the guard's house, both me and the chief baker, we dreamed a dream in the same night. He and I, we dreamed each of us according to the significance of the interpretation of his dream. And there, there with us a young man, a Hebrew servant to the captain of the guard and chief executioner. And we told him our dreams and he interpreted them. 
to us, to each man, according to the significance of his dream. And as he interpreted to us, so it came to pass. I was restored to my office as chief butler, and the baker was hanged. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph. I will read that again. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon. Katabashi tables. They brought him hastily out of the dungeon. But Joseph first shaved himself, changed his clothes, and made himself presentable. I've asked for that to be highlighted. And made himself to be presentable. Then he came into Pharaoh's presence. Hallelujah. So now, remember that when you are reading this story, this is a story that we have all heard many times, I believe. And when you're reading this story, you already understood that Joseph moved from uh, the prison to the palace. You and I, when we are reading this story, we know how the story ended. We know that Joseph had an encounter, had an opportunity. An opportunity came upon him. And by the grace of God, he was able to make good of that opportunity and god using that opportunity as a fulcrum now was able to put him in a place of honor in a place of authority now think about this carefully for a moment with me imagine now those whom joseph had worked with in the past the past 13 years of thereabout joseph has been hold, holding on to this dream like is this dream gonna come to pass is this dream gonna come to pass Imagine people that he had worked over the years. Some that have treated him very well. And some that haven't treated, that did not treat him very well. Imagine that now when he came into this position of power, which I'm going to talk about next week. Just, I want you to think about that. How those people will have felt. The people that treated him badly, how they will now feel. The people that treated him well, how they will now feel. Because Joseph now is no longer in their, in, in their league. But in this case... I want you to look at what happened here. The, the whole country had a problem that nobody could solve. When you are reading this story, you are reading because you knew what happened. But Joseph was not reading the story. This happened to Joseph. So when Joseph was called, or Joseph was in that dungeon, that's what the Bible says, he was in that dungeon, and he was perhaps... Maybe he was handing his chores, cleaning the windows, or telling somebody to do this and do that. But at the back of his mind, he was wondering, is this dream going to come to pass? Did God lie to me? Has God forgotten about me? Can I trust the dream? Was it even a dream? Was that just some sort of figment of my imagination? Is it possible that Joseph had this kind of troubled thought going through his mind? Remember, you knew, you know how the story ends. But Joseph at this point in time did not know how the story ends. In your own life, you don't know what the next chapter of your life will be. You don't know what the next opportunity will arise that will put you in the limelight or lead you in the fulfillment of the vision that God has placed in your heart. You don't know. In the natural, you do not know. You don't know what's going to happen five minutes from now. In fact, one minute from now, you don't know. But one thing we know is that we do know the one who knows tomorrow. We know the one who knows the past, who knows the present, who knows the future, who knows everything all combined into one. 
Now, because you don't know the future, what then do you do with the moment? If you don't know what the future holds in the natural, what do you do with the moment? Put yourself in the shoes of Joseph. He's been here for two years waiting. Will I hear the call? Will the next phone call that I get, will it be the call that says, okay, Joseph, the Pharaoh wants to see you. Your case has been tabled. Now come and present your case. Or will it be a letter through the post post that says, Joseph, you have been pardoned. Or Joseph, your case has been opened again. Come and defend yourself. Joseph did not hear any word for two years. If you are in that story, how will you feel? You are in the story where you have been put in a place where you have been unjustly condemned. They have maligned or ridiculed your person. What will you do? You know how the story ends. But Joseph did not know. Joseph did not know at all. So therefore, when Joseph was called, I can imagine what will have happened. On that day, on that fateful day, when the time is up, on that fateful day when destiny calls, I don't know what Joseph was doing, but I can imagine that the story will go this way when they show up in, in Joseph's dungeon and they, ha- they knock on the door. Go, 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 go. Knock, 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 knock. Yes, Joseph. Joseph, the Hebrew. Yes, come out. And Joseph comes out. The Pharaoh wants to see you. Now, imagine the, the bittersweet emotion that may be going through his mind. He could have thought, oh, at last they remembered me. Or you could think, oops, something has happened. Am I going to get hanged? Who knows what Joseph must have been thinking. But when you read the story to the end, I will show you some thought process that I believe Joseph was holding in his mind. That I want you to know that when destiny calls, God expects you to learn from Joseph and behave the way he behaves. So you are here this morning. You have been believing God for a dream, a vision that has been in your heart for many years. There are things that God showed you when you were 13 years old or 15 years old or 20 years old. That up to now, it hasn't come to lie. You're thinking, is this ever going to come to pass? What I'm going to share with you over the next 25 minutes will be a blessing to you. Or you're here. They've told you. Doctors have told you. It's not going to happen. This kind of disease is not curable. And you have hoped against hope like Abraham. What do you do? Remember last week I said, forgotten but not forsaken. God never forsakes his people. What do you do when things don't look like it's going to work? When destiny calls, when time is up, what do you do? The Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes, there is an appointed time for everything under the sun. There's an appointed time. There's a season for everything under the sun. There's a time to marry, a time to give birth, a time to die, a time to, to give birth, a time to sleep, a time to wake, a time to plant, a time to reap. There, there, is, there is time for everything under the sun. So we live, therefore, within time boundary. God lives outside of time. And when God showed Joseph the dream that the sun and the moon will bow to him, it was for a time in the future that 
David, Joseph himself did not know when the timing would come to pass. That in the how the fruit how the vision will come to fruition, he did not know. You do not know when the dream that God is placing your heart to will come to pass. So because you don't know when, but you know the one who defines the when, and you know that the one who defines the when lives on the inside of you, what do you do with the moment? When destiny calls, when time shows up, what do you do? I've got an answer for you. You seize the moment. You take advantage of it. Listen, whilst the past gives us perspectives, and it's the past is meant to serve as a platform for learning. You know, you look at the past and say, mm, I shouldn't do that back next time, I shouldn't do that next time. That's okay. But what does the process present moment give us? The present moments of our lives give us the chance to create something new to rewrite our stories. So, what story are you writing in your mind? What is the recurring, recurring theme of the stories in your mind? Do you spend your days reminiscent of the good old days because you don't like the present moment? Or do you think about your past with so much regret, so much pain that it angers you? What about the future? Do you look forward to the future with trepidation, with fear? Because of the nasty experiences of the past. That's not the attitude that God wants from you. God wants you not to dwell on the mistakes of the past. No, he does not want you to live your life in regret. You know, no, there's a saying I say. There's a saying I say. I say this. I said, you cannot drive forward looking in the rearview mirror. Just think about it. You're going on the express road. But you spend the whole time looking in the rearview mirror of your car. Instead of looking forward. To where you're going. If you stick to looking in the rearview mirror, what are you going to do? You are going to crash that car. Now, what does that have to do with you, with your vision? What does that have to do with you, with your goals and dreams and the things you believe in God for? What is what it means is this: if you spend your life in regret, regret mode, thinking about what could have been, what should have been, you know, but 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 never be, never never was. And you spend your time dwelling on those and getting angry about what happened in the past. You are sticking yourself in the past. You are getting yourself stuck in that past. You can't move forward from that. Think about it this way. When you think about the past, and you think about what could have been, what should have been. And it, it, it will normally will bring up kind of emotions in you, won't it? It will bring some sort of emotion in you. The emotion you felt when that thing happened will well up in you again. And in your mind, because your mind does not know what is real from what is not real, your mind will take you back to that scene as if you were back there again. So, essentially, your healing process takes a longer time to happen. So, God wants us not to ignore the past, to pick the lessons that you can get from the past, but don't stay there. Apostle Paul says, this one thing I do. Forgetting the things that are in the past, but looking forward to the future. I forget the things in the past, I look forward to the future. There's a story in the book of Genesis when Lot was being asked to leave the city of um, Sodom and Gomorrah, and the angels of the Lord were going to go and destroy the city because of the wickedness. The Bible says of Lot's wife. That the wife of Lot looked back and became a pillar of salt. What does that mean? It means that the wife of Lot 
could not leave behind all the things that she had in, 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 in Sodom and Gomorrah. She was so besotted to that town. She was so besotted to what was going in there. Her heart was so resolute at what was in there that she could not detach herself from there to be able to move forward to the future that God calls. God says to them, leave everything you have in there behind. I am more than enough for you. I will take care of you. I will bring you up again. Leave that in the way. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Go in this new direction that I'm setting for you. But the Bible says, said, we're going. Lot's wife was so consumed with the precious thing that she had in, in Sodom. And then she looked back. And immediately she became a pillow of salt. She never made it. Regrets keeps us in the past. Expectation projects us into the future. I want you to write that down. Regrets keep us in the past. Expectations project us to the future. God, therefore, wants you to learn from the past and look forward to your future with hope. How do I know that? Well, Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, I know the thought that I have towards you. They are the thought of good, not of evil. To give you a future and expected end. God says, I, God, know. I know the, the thought that I have towards you. The thought that I have towards you is to give you. The thought and the plan that I have towards you is to give you a future. Is to give you what? A future. And a future laden with hope. I know the plan that I have towards you. They are the plans of good, not of evil. I have plans of good for you. And a plan to give you a future laden with hope. That's what God says to you. And because that's what God says to you, I know for a fact that is what God wants you to, 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 to carry in your mind. God wants you to carry the pictures that he has painted in your mind. He wants you to never lose sight of it. So what do you do with the present moment? If God says, don't dwell on the past, learn from it. Look to the future with expectation. What do you, what do you then do with the present moment? The answer is to what? To seize it. Seize the moment. There is a quote I got from Daily Inspirations quote that says, if you don't leave your past in the past, it will destroy your future. Leave for what today has to offer, not for what yesterday has taken away. Don't leave for what yesterday has taken away. Leave for what today has to offer. That's why the Bible says, God's blessings upon us are new every morning. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. New every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Oh Lord, great is your faithfulness. They are new every morning, new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Oh Lord, great is your faithfulness. So what God is saying to you is that my blessings upon you are new every morning. So when you wake up in the morning, remember there is a hope for that day. Don't live in the past. Don't live in regret city. Here's another quote I got. It says here, don't cry over the past. It is gone. 
Don't stress about the future. It hasn't arrived. Live in the present and make it beautiful. Which means God says, be present. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah 43 verse 18, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Don't dwell. To dwell is to make it a home, to make it a homestead, to be the house there and live there. When you are dwelling in a place, you are going to work, you are coming back, you are cooking food, you are, you are dwelling there. God said, don't dwell on the past. Why? See, look, look, perceive. I am doing a new thing. I'm doing a new thing. Hallelujah. Now, this new thing that I'm doing, God says, now it springs up. Can you not perceive it? Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness. It's and streams in the wasteland. God is saying to you prophetically this morning, that which you think it's hopeless, I am making a way in the wilderness. I am making streams in the wasteland. In the name of Jesus, I speak to you right now that if you do not let go of the vision in your heart, if you don't let go of the dream that God has placed in your heart, I'm speaking to you prophetically by the unction of the Holy Ghost in this month that the Lord has declared the month to arise and shine. I'm speaking to you that if you can hold on to your vision, if you can hold on to your dream, if you can begin to walk towards it, no matter how small, how little it is, God is sent me to tell you, I will make a way for you in the wilderness. I will make streams for you in the wasteland. Listen, the wilderness is there. God is going to make a pathway there. This wasteland is there. God is going to make streams out there. Can I hear an amen? Amen. So when God says he's doing a new thing in your life, he's asking, can you perceive it? Can you perceive what he's about to do? Truth is, in the natural, you cannot perceive this new thing. Why? In With your mind, you cannot perceive it. You have to know these things in the spirit. The Bible says, we have, been, we have not received the spirit of the world, but we have received the spirit from God. Why? So that we may know those things that are freely given to us by God. The things that are freely given to us by God, this is in First Corinthians, I believe, the things that are freely given to us by God can only be known by the spirit. Not by your senses. Not by normal senses. So, and that's the reason why you need to go in this world and say, what has God promised me? What has God said to me? And stick your nose in it. Believe it. Recount it. Act it out in your life. And then it will come to pass. Amen? So, God is saying to you, God expects you in the very moment of your life, in your today, the today of your life, to be ready for what is about to do. This attitude... Of what you must do in this moment is very crucial. You must live your life in such a way as to always expect good to happen to you. Which means you look forward to the future with what? With expectation. Expectation equals expect to see. What are you expecting to see? That's what expectation is. Expectation is that state of um, of um, of uh, anticipation. Anticipation. That one thing, something good is about to happen. When you think about your future, God wants to live in the future, live in it, and expect what you have seen in your future to direct the actions of today. I'll say that again. Travel to your future, see it, live in it, where? In your imagination. Now, let the actions of today be driven by the pictures you have seen in the future. So you must live each day 
with the expectation that what you seek is already seeking you. Now, here's the thing. I was thinking about it the other day. Let me paint a scenario for you. Suppose you have seen in your future that one day you are going to be the president of your country or the head of your industry or whatever it is that, that God has shown you. And in this role, that way you are going to find yourself. You're going to be a, 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 a person who is, who is so known in the society, who is adding so much value. If you know that that is the future, what actions will you take today? I want you to ponder on that. What actions will you take today if you, if you can see the future that God has for you? I'll give you an answer. Will you go engage in some funny robbery act? Will you go and say, you know, let's go and rob a bank? Will you hang out with the wrong kind of crowd? Will you do something that you, are, you, you cannot... You, will you engage in something that if it comes out in the public, is going to bring an embarrassment to your family? Will you steal money? Think about it. If you know the future, if you can see it, if God can show it to you, it means that if God can show you the future that he has in store for you, the actions that you take today will be cognizant of that future. You will not take actions today that will sabotage the future that God has in store for you. So now, here's the thing. Has God shown you the vision? Has God shown you a picture? You might say, oh, Davis, God has not shown me. Really? Are you sure? Are you sure he has not shown you? Let me show you an example. What is the recurrent theme or dream that you have in your heart that never goes away? A recurrent dream of great things that you wish, that you just desire, you just love to do. What is that thing? Write it down. That thing which you love to do, that excites you so much, that you think about it all the time is a picture of what God put you here to do. It's a picture of what God wants you to go ahead and be doing. So, God, either through dreams or through the, 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 the constant desires of your heart, right, places those things in there for you as a signpost to the future. It might not be the end place that you're going to get to, but it's a direction of where you are meant to be going. The question now is, if you know that, what action will you take today? You will take actions that will help that future, won't you? And that's what we see in the life of Joseph. Joseph, wherever he found himself, was excellent. He was hardworking. God was with him. He did not take the grace of God for granted. Granted, the grace of God was with him. The grace of God was with him. But he did not take that grace for granted. He worked more. He was diligent. He was effective. And he rose through the ranks. That is what you have to do. So, God wants you to live in the moment. Your future is calling you, brother. Your future is calling you, sister. Your destiny is calling you right now. What will you do if you know that future? If you know that that future is literally months away from manifesting, what will you do? What will you do right now if you know that? If you know that the healing that you have been believing God for is just two months away, or three months away, or 30 days from now, it's going to just perfect itself. What are you going to do? If you know that that top position you have been believing God for, you're just on the cusp of it. What are you going to do? 
are you going to kick, kick up, put up your legs and say, hey, man, let's just go and marry? No, you wouldn't do that. You remain diligent. That's why the Bible says you should cast your bread upon many waters. For you do not know the one that will come back and bring results. That's the reason why. For everything you do, you become intentional about it. This is the reason why I was saying that when Joseph came in contact with these two people in prison, it was a setup for the prime prime ministerialship position, but he did not know it. But Joseph continued to do what he knew how to do best, being a service to people. He was serving them. He was listening to them. And then when they had a problem, he empathized with them. When they had a problem, he said, tell me, what is this thing all about? And Joseph used his gift even while he was in prison. Let me tell you what I'm trying to say here. Some of you here, you have a gift. In fact, scrap that. Every one of you here has a gift. But some of us, we like to use our gift where people are and they will clap for us. That is not the way it works. You should use your gift even when there is only one audience. The audience of one. Who is that one? The Lord Jesus. If you are the only one on the face of the earth, you know he will have died for you, right? Therefore, God celebrates you. Therefore, the gift he has given you, even when there's nobody watching, he's watching you, you know that, right? He's watching you, you know that, right? And you know, he's absolutely proud of you, right? So therefore, use the gift you have, whether you are in a low place right now, or you are in the high place right now, or you're on your way there. It doesn't matter. Use the gift. The Bible says, the gift of the man, the gift of a woman, the gift of a person, we make room for them. Let me explain that to you. Listen, it doesn't matter what, what other people have in the world. If you begin to walk in your gift, a place, a niche will be, catch, will be, will be, will be created for you. The gift of a man, the gift of a woman, the gift of a person makes room for, for that person. Let's use another analogy that you may understand. Suppose you take a seed, a seed of corn, and you go in your backyard and you dig the ground and you put a seed in there and you cover it up. In order for that seed to be planted in there, you have to unearth the ground, the, the earth, right? You have to unearth, the, you, have to, you have to take some sand out of the earth, which means you create a space. For what? For the seed. Then you plant the seed, cover it up. And amazing thing then begins to happen. When the, when the corner begins to grow, we don't know how it grows on that. When it begins to grow, what happens? The, the earth, the place where you, plant, where you planted the seed, had, has to shift for the for the stalk of the corn to come out. It will not be the same way that you planted it. It has to shift. That's, that seed, the earth has made room for that seed. But when the seed was planted, it was just one seed planted in the ground. You you unearth the, 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 the you, you take the sand of the earth, you unearth the, the earth, you dig a hole there, you create some space. The gift as the, 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 the gift of a man has made room, room for that person, right? You plant the seed, you cover it all up. In the darkness, in the darkness, 
in the darkness when nobody sees. The gift is in the, the seed is in the ground, walking and moving and, 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 and doing stuff in darkness. Growth happens in darkness. Growth happens in alone. Growth happens when nobody sees. Growth happens when you consistently do what God has called you to do. When nobody is clapping for you, when nobody is seeing you, when nobody is showing up. Growth happens in those lone moments when you are all by yourself. Facing what you have to face all by yourself. When you don't have a clap on the back of your hand and say, hey, buddy, you are doing well. When you don't have an ovation, say to you, buddy, you are doing wonderfully well. When nobody says to you, that sister, wow, what a wonderful song. Growth happens when you consistently walk on your gift alone. The seed is planted in the ground, covered up. Covered up. And in the middle of that darkness, in the middle of that darkness, in the midst of that darkness, when there was nobody to see, to to clap, to cheer the seed up, the seed began to grow. The seed began to grow. The seed began to grow. But nothing is changing on the face. From the outside, when we look in the garden, where we planted the seed, we cannot see any change on the ground. But the seed is growing, baby. The seed is growing, baby. The seed is growing, brother. The seed is growing, sister. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, the stalks start to come out. We go there and look, the ground has shifted. We go there and look, the ground has shifted. And it begins to grow. And it begins to grow. And it begins to grow. And it grows up to become a full stalk of corn. With, 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 with cups of, 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 of cups of corn that somebody can put their hands in there and take it and begin to reap the harvest. The Bible says the kingdom of God is exactly like that. It's like a man should take a seed and plant it in the ground. And the man goes to sleep and wake up. Sleep and wake up. The man does not know what is happening to the seed. But one day, the seed grows up, becomes a stalk. It becomes a stalk. It becomes it, it, it grows leaves and it brings out what? The fruit for people to, 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 to reap. And then the man that planted the seed now reaches out his hand now and take the harvest. You are the seed that God has brought into this earth. And he has planted you on this earth. Now, your growth happens alone. Alone, when I say alone, I mean you don't need an applause. You don't need a clap of people. In the future, I'm still going to talk about the value of mentoring. I think I shared that before. The fact that God will bring some people to you in, when you are all alone by yourself. God will still bring people to you doing that people. We will call them destiny helpers. So while the seed was on the ground, alone, without the clap of everybody, without the applause of the world, there are people that will go. There are, there are, there are, <laughs> there are invisible nutrients, nutrients sent to that seed in the ground. Nourishing the, the seed, nourishing the seed, nourishing the seed to ensure the seed can come out, out of the ground as a beautiful, beautiful, uh, beautiful plant. That is who you are as your life. I don't know if you're getting that. That is who you are. You are a seed planted in the ground. And God has sent people across your pathway that have helped you. There are times when you are alone and lonely and character is being built to you. God didn't bring those bad experiences into your life. The enemy tried to shut you off and shut you down. But you are still here standing, aren't you? 
you are still here standing hand you don't give up on your dream go give up on that dream that god has placed in your heart from when you were a young baby don't give up on the dream don't stop dreaming don't say i cannot do it too i cannot do it again i'm too old no you're not too old i've told you a story before that the man that spread mcdonald's to the to the ends of the earth, Ray Kroc was 60-something years old when he began, when he took up that franchise. So you are not too old to start your life over. That is a life from the pit of hell. You can start today. Listen, it's not about how long, it's about if effective. Listen to me. Jesus Christ spent only three years plus and we are still hearing about what he did today. I don't know how old Apostle Paul was, was when he died. But his value is still being learned today. Now, I'm not saying this so, so that people say, oh, it's okay to die early. No, it's not God's plan for you to die early. You meant to, the Bible talk, talk, spoke to Abraham. He says, on, he, says to, he says to Abraham, you will go to your father in a great old age. So God's part of the blessing of Abraham is to live long. Okay, so please receive that. But I'm just saying to you, saying to you that even if you want to have this mindset like, oh, I'm too old to do this thing. I'm saying to you, that's a lie. You can start now. You can start today, right? You can start today. Oh my God, I ran out of time. You can start today and begin to use that gift that God has given you. You can begin to use it. So, what will you do? If the future that God has shown you is literally months away for manifesting. In this story, as you continue in this story, we'll see what Joseph did. We'll see what Joseph did. Joseph all along as uses talent and his gifts, his, his gifts of interpretation of dreams of dreams, his gift of administration, his gift of financial acumen, his gift of rendering errands for his father, his gift of managing a household, his gift of managing the entire prison, his gift of relationship building, his gift of empathy. He has used all of these gifts all along, being faithful in them, taking taking seizing the moment taking advantage advantage of the day because he does not know when the call is going to come joseph was thrown into prison unjustly yes joseph served others faithfully yes joseph had a counter with people in authority who were at their lowest and he helped them those two people he helped them yes these two people, God used them. One of them, sorry, the, these two people were God used them. But the one person that got into Pharaoh's, that got reinstated by Pharaoh, was used by God as a as a destiny helper to bring Joseph to the limelight. But it took two years. Those two years were the time it took for God to prepare the ground, to prepare the ground to cause a situation that would be so hopeless. That nobody in the entire country can solve the problem except Joseph. You know, if they had an alternative, they would knock off for Joseph. Joseph was forgotten in prison, but God did not forsake him. God was working behind the scene to set the stage for Joseph to be so needed, he could not be ignored. So, this is where I'm going to stop today. I'm going to start next week. Part two of this. This message, I might preach it three parts actually. But next week, I'm going to be talking about the, the, when Joseph was called, what Joseph did. And we're going to be specifically looking at verse 14, when the Bible says here that 
then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon, and he shaved himself and changed his raiment and came in unto Pharaoh. I'm going to talking next week about what Joseph did, what we could learn from Joseph when opportunity calls. When opportunity calls to for the fulfillment of that which you have been believing God for for years, what do you do? Do you delay? Do you run away? Praise God forevermore. Now, before we go, I have a small message that I want my team to play for you. He's talking about your future is in, your 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 vision, your future is in the future. Stop looking at the past. We're going to play that. Yeah, we're going to play that. Please listen to it. It's, it's a motivational speech by. Um, uh, I've forgotten his name now. It's a motivational speech anyway. Please listen to it. It's very, very good. This man is a popular man. You know, uh, he's a Christian, right? But he speaks about things, how he came from the lowest point and how he came to the top. I believe it's going to be a, a great blessing to you. So let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to thank you, Almighty God, for the ability to share this message with your people. Thank you, Almighty God, that even as we watch Steve Avis, Steve Avis, um, short clip, it's about three minutes clip about the future, looking to the future now, not, look, not looking to the past. I pray Almighty God, that and combined with what we have shared this morning, we encourage your people so powerfully that each one of us will lay hold of that future. We will run the race, we will stop giving excuses. Lord, I thank you that we don't know when that future will manifest. That's why you ask us to be diligent every single day, doing the very best we can with every single day. I pray for my brother I pray for my sister. I pray for every one of us, Almighty God, today that help us to take advantage of each day. Each day when we wake up, help us to take advantage of that day to the fullest in the name of Jesus Christ. Help us to utilize each day, be effective and efficient in each day to the glory of your name in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I thank you for this and I give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. Please please sit back for three minutes. Please don't go. Watch the, 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 the small motivational speech for um steve harvey is going to be profoundly a blessing to you and it's really why it's a blessing is because this man failed twice quote unquote failed twice but he 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 made something god made something out of his life and the whole ethos about what he was saying he was talking about the father there's the god factor in what he has achieved in life and i, I think it's a good thing to, for you for us to watch hallelujah until next time remember you are blessed and highly favored listen to me man You have a great life in front of you, but your great life is in front of you. It's not behind you. What you did back there ain't got nothing to do with what God got for you. What you did back there was learn the lessons to get you to where you are at this particular moment right here. But what God got for you, do you know, man, that you can actually mess your life completely up? You can jack it all the way up and you can turn around and get it right. Do you understand that? Do you understand that you could have had a baby out of wedlock and still be all right? Do you know that you can be divorced multiple times and still be okay? Do you understand that you cannot have a degree and still be just fine? You want to know how I know? Because I'm telling you what I know. I lost everything twice. I don't know if you've ever lost everything before, but I've been bottomed out twice. I done seen rock bottom two times. I've been through some walls up in here, man. I'm just trying to tell you, man, God is really with you. You ain't got to believe me. 
You ain't got to believe me. But keep doing it without God. Let me know how it worked for you. Matter of fact, write a book on how to make it without God. Because I want to I want to read it. I want to read the first page and then I want to read the last page because there ain't going to be but two. You can jack your life all the way up. God is in the forgiving business. You can make all the mistakes you want to make or think you shouldn't make. God is in the get it together business. If you got dreams and visions, I got news for you. God is in the make your dream come true business. He did it for me. How he won't do it for you? A lot of y'all better than me. I'm just going to flat out tell you. you ain't, most of y'all ain't done what I had to do to get to where I am today. You just ain't had to do this type of dirt. You ain't been homeless. So what, what you, you ain't, you ain't got to scrap like me. Most of y'all didn't come. You're not old as me. I've overcome it all because I have a relationship with him. And you can listen to me and tell that I'm not a perfect person. I am not a perfect Christian. I have my flaws. I am a flawed human being. But guess what? You are too. You ain't got it all together. I dare you to say you do. I make a lot of money, man. But guess what? I ain't got it all together. I'm hurting. I'm hurting, man. Everybody tripping through something. Everybody, I don't care who you are. You're going through something. But if you got God, you can make it. I'm just telling you this little piece of information. Look, I don't see most of y'all most of the time. So you're sitting here, you're kind of looking at me a little bit. Ah, why Steve talking like this stuff? I'm just trying to put you, put you on game. Because let me tell you, all y'all want to be successful. And you want to be happy. But you got to get there. It's a shortcut to getting there. The shortcut to getting there is the relationship with God. If you try it without him, you're going to fail miserably. You're going to sink, man. It's going to be ugly for you. Now, this is what you got to do. Identify your gift and get busy with it. God gave all of you a gift. Identify your gift. It is the thing that you do the absolute best with the least amount of effort. That's your gift. Get busy at that. If it's drawing, if it's teaching, if it's sharing, if it's caregiving, he put that gift inside of you. He didn't hide it under a rock or put it under the mountain or put it on the mountain somewhere. He put the gift in you. And you look at me any kind of way you want to. What I'm just telling you is real. That's how you become successful. Identify your God-given gift, what he gave you at birth. If you do that, God will open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you won't have room enough to receive. I am telling you, that is a fact. Thank you for worshiping with us. We believe that you have been blessed. For more experiences like this, Join us every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. UK time and on Wednesdays for Bible Hangout at 6 p.m. UK time on Zoom. On Saturday morning, our prayer room opens at 6 a.m. UK time on Zoom as well. Every first Wednesday of the month, the church podcast channel, Metamorphor, presents the Practicality of Grace series featuring hot topics and experienced guests. We invite everyone to send questions about issues that are difficult to grasp and our guests will answer it through the lens of grace by the Holy Spirit. All questions are welcome. You are too. Questions can be sent to the live chat on the website www.thelighthouse.org or you can send an email to light at thelighthouse.org. If you want to give your offering, 
you can scan the QR code on the screen to give through PayPal or you can make a bank transfer to 0564189 that is 0564189 the short code is 087 one nine nine at cash plus bank the details are on the screen if you want us to pray with you please click on the link that pops in the live chat and follow the prompt or you can visit the website at www.thelighthouse.org you can also request a private session with pastor davis on calendly by visiting the link in the website or in the discussion box below follow us on all our socials we are on youtube facebook ig twitter tiktok and linkedin and we post all information about our services and other programs across these channels simply type the username displayed on the screen and follow we hope you enjoy your week Remember to rest on God's promises to you of stability and prosperity. Until next time, God bless you. Yeah.